Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. And uh, whether you are uh, just starting out or if you're like me, you've been around e-commerce for a while, my goal with this podcast is simply to help you grow your e-commerce and digital businesses. Now, every week I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce and ask them all kinds of questions about what they know And importantly, how is it going to help me and you develop our online businesses? I kind of try and have the conversation, you know, you would have if you got to sit down with them for 45 minutes or so, maybe over lunch or, you know, a pint in the pub or something like that. I'm really keen that we dig into their story and learn the principles that they know that can help us start and adapt and grow online. So if you enjoy this episode, I would appreciate it if you could like it. Uh, If you're watching online, maybe subscribe to either our YouTube channel or our audio podcast, but also share it with your friends and colleagues. Now, today we are asking the question, how do we increase the lifetime value of our customers? That is such a cool question to ask, right? Because a lot of the time as e-commerce entrepreneurs, we kind of spend a lot of our energy and a lot of our money and a lot of our time and a lot of our resource on new customer acquisition, which is cool. But what about growing the value of the customers that we already have? Is that a good strategy to follow? And if it is, how do we do it? Well, that's what we're digging into tonight. Uh, That's the question that I get to put to Matt Barnett, who calls himself the Papa Bear of Bonjoro. And Bonjoro is the world's first customer delight platform, uh, which is there to help great teams build real relationships with their customers at scale. I want to know why he calls himself Papa Bear. We're going to get into that, right? We're going to ask him all these kind of questions. We're going to talk about uh, what it takes to build engagement and turn customers into friends. Matt has some amazing insight here. Uh, It's what his business is all about, right? So especially on how to personalize a customer journey and how that can naturally lead to repeat purchases and higher reviews. This is going to be an action-packed show, right? So Matt's here to share all of these amazing lessons with us. So make sure you grab your notebooks if you can. Now, if you're in a place where you can't actually take notes, but you would like to get the notes from tonight's show, then all you have to do is head on over to our website. Um, They are available as show notes. They are available for free. Uh, You can download them. Just head on over to ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 56 because this is episode number 56 so that's ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 56. Now after that introduction and without further ado let's bring on today's guest uh let me press this button here uh Matt welcome to the show it's great to have you. Yeah, hey Matt, good to be here. That's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's it's worth pointing out to our uh, our viewers that uh, and our listeners that at the time of recording, I am in the UK and you are about as far away from me as you can possibly get without coming back on yourself, right? 
I am literally on the other side of the planet right now in Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Now, you don't sound Australian. Uh, you sound quintessentially British. I, I am from the UK. I Look, yeah, I grew, I grew up in the UK, uh, did my time over there, and eventually got just got over the grey sky. Like, I wanted to see blue skies again. Yeah, yeah. So I moved over here 10 years ago. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, rub it in white, don't it. you? I like how you phrase that. I just, you know, I did my time there like it was some kind of jail sentence. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, and Sydney's a beautiful part of the world, man. I I love that city. It's such a great city. It's, it's a good place. Like, like, here's the thing you, you learn when you get older, as I'm as I'm obviously doing with the white hairs creeping through. <laughs> you and me both. No, you no, me both. No, yeah, it's maybe I should shave it off. Um, nowhere's perfect. So, so like Sydney, Australia, beautiful place to live, beautiful place to bring up children. If you like your outdoors, like again, mm-hmm. you know, winters are sunny, it's beautiful. Um, but at the same point, you know, it's as business. We're on the other side of the world with this little island in the middle of nowhere. And so, like, you have to, like, it, for me as a, as a business owner, you have to get out to remind yourself just how big the world is and everything's mm-hmm. out, out there. Like, here it's easy to sit in the slow lane and, and go surfing every day. So, I think there's a balance again, like Australia, beautiful place to live, but like the, like Europe has, has amazing things in terms of creativity. Like Australia hasn't really invented culture yet because <laughs> everyone just goes to the beach. So, yeah. That yeah, is the culture. There's a balance. There's a ba- yeah. There's a balance to everything. So, you know, nowhere's, nowhere's perfect. No, sure. no, no. But I, 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 I do not, um, I do not think it's a bad deal to live in Sydney. I, I appreciate you've got a few things to deal with, but um, uh, you were saying earlier before we before we came on air that it's like first thing in the morning for you. It's nineteen degrees centigrade for you right now, uh, and it's last thing at night here in Liverpool, and it's seven degrees centigrade. So, um, <laughs> the, the the difference between the temperatures is stark. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and of course, for all our US listeners, they're going to be going centigrade. What on earth is centigrade, right? So just Google it. It'll be fine. Uh, So now uh, let's get into this. Let's get into the show. We're going to be talking about um, customer journey. We're going to be talking about lifetime values uh, and all that sort of thing, right? But let's, let's start off right off the top of the show, Matt. What is customer lifetime value and why should I care about it? Yeah, so very simply, the customer lifetime value is how much revenue a customer will give you over the time this uh, uh, over the entire journey of spending with your company mm. so uh, over their lifetime with your company so so let's say they come and buy a widget off you for twenty dollars if they then go back in two months and buy another one for twenty dollars another one for twenty dollars and then you never see them again their lifetime value is sixty dollars yeah okay That's so it. it's the total turnover uh, that they they bring you each and every year do you measure lifetime value um in terms of years, do you measure it in terms of decades? How do you, I appreciate that's going to be different for every business, but how, do, how does that work for you? No, no, so actually, so lifetime value is actually over the entire lifetime, independent of how long they stay with you. Okay. So if they stay with you for one year or 10 years, the cat, there is a calculation behind this, like I can explain it, but it, it is the same. So it, it is how long your average customer Mm-hmm. And you can break this out, boy. You have a different tiers of customers, different lifetime values, but how long that customer stays on average and how much they spend over that time. Yeah. So, so for instance, you might, you might only sell $50 a year to a customer, but if they sell with, if they stay with you for 20 years, that's a $1,000 lifetime value customer. Yeah. And that's how that works out. Yeah. Whereas if they only stay, stay with you five years, like the, the time doesn't matter. 
mm-hmm. is trying to work out how long they stay with you versus how much they spend and how much that equates to. Yeah. I'll stop there because we're going to dig in deeper. And yeah, then, yeah, we are going to dig in sure. deeper. No, it's, 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 I always think it's worth with these things, you know, just uh, defining terms right at the start because um, I think phrases like lifetime value, a lot of people have very different ideas and understanding by it. So we are talking about the actual value in turnover that a customer brings you over the entire time that they shop with you or they do transactions with you, they do business with you. Um, so why, why is this important to the business? Um, why why should I think about lifetime value? Yeah, I, I mean, it may be obvious, but let's talk about that for a second. Yes, yeah, number one thing is it is it helps define how much you can spend to acquire, acquire and keep a customer. So, if if you're looking at very simplistic view, if you're only looking at the first transaction, and again, let's press the twenty dollar idea. Mm-hmm. If you know that a customer will spend twenty dollars with you, and of that ten dollars is profit, then you can go well. We're willing to spend. I don't know, half that profit to get that customer. So so five dollars, let's say. Yeah? If you yeah. instead know that customer's gonna stay with you for 10 years, actually gonna spend a thousand dollars, suddenly you can actually spend more than five dollars on that customer. And obviously there there is a time that that will pay back over and you need to factor this in how will it how much you're willing to spend will depend on on, on the risk of your company and the maturity. But essentially, if you understand that customer is gonna purchase again and again and again, it affects this equation significantly. So you know you can spend more. And the numbers will back you up and say, well, you're going to get that money back and make more, more money. And therefore, that allows you to compete. It allows you to invest in marketing. It allows you to invest in infrastructure and operations. Yeah. So essentially, if you understand that better, it allows you to build your business faster because, again, you have a solid model and you understand where the revenue is going to come from down the line. Mm-hmm. No, that's brilliant. That's really good. So uh, we want to know lifetime values of a customer so we understand the value of getting that customer in with that and, and knowing how much we can spend on marketing acquiring that customer is such an important uh, piece of information. Um, and I liked your example there. So how is this, how's this work for you as a business, right? So Bonjoro is this, I love this phrase, this delight, customer delight platform, right? How, as, have, as you've been growing that business and we know it's been growing rapidly, how has this been impacting how you think? Yeah, so, so we're a subscription model business. Now, as I'm sure all the listeners know, there's more and more subscription models coming into e-commerce. This is actually very, very relevant. And so what's interesting is you see, you, you'll see terms from my industry because we've lived in the lifetime value industry for like for, like, for years. Mm. Is now starting to be reflected in e-commerce massively. And so this is, this is a perfect time for this conversation. So with us, it's absolutely crucial. So we have to look at that and go, it's a competitive market. How much can we invest in in spend to get customers? And this is not just direct advertising. This is how much you spend on support and mm-hmm. like 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 ex- extremely great levels of support. How much you spend on customer success? How much do we spend on you know technology and development? How much do we spend on 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 hiring new marketing team members and doing partnerships and paid sponsorships? All this comes down to this one number, which is lifetime value. So we tend to go a little bit deeper because we have different types of customers. Okay. And this is also partly the maturity of our, of our business. At the beginning, we had one number. Mm-hmm. We had different types of customers. We, we know that we have large companies, we have mid-sized companies, and we have individuals. So we segment those out, and we look at a different lifetime value for each one. Okay. And they have a, and they have a significantly different lifetime value. So our biggest customers, the lifetime value there is probably 10x what our smallest customers is. Okay. That, that's the range for us. Yeah. And, if you, and, and so many of you will have this too. You might have... $20 widgets, you might have $500 like widgets again. And so you might have this huge differentiation. If you can understand that, 
what you then need to do is to understand the types of customers that are coming into your funnel or coming into your shop and purchasing. If you can then understand which bucket they fit into at the top, again, you can actually apply different marketing spend, different spend to each type of customer. So for instance, we're not going to go and spend $1,000 trying to get a customer who's you know, worth over their lifetime $300. Like, it ain't going to happen. But if you have a customer who's worth $10,000 over a lifetime, we probably can go and sponsor events where that customer exists because we're specifically targeting that customer and we know it will pay back. Yeah. So this is where you get a little, a little bit more smart around it. Yeah. There's a few other things. One thing I mentioned, this is not, these terms are not using e-commerce as much right now, but this is the calculation behind our lifetime value. Okay. So do think about this. And this, and this lends up to subscription, but, but, but it does work ad hoc spend as well. So the way you work it out is it's basically average lifetime value versus churn. And those two, those two numbers, what would they mean? So, sorry, not, sorry, excuse me. Average revenue per user or ARPU versus churn. Now, ARPU is, for us, the average money a customer will spend every month. For you, you can also do this as, as average revenue per okay. user a year. Yeah. So if, if they only buy once a year, there's your average revenue per user per year. Yeah. If they buy three times a year, then add that together, there's your average revenue revenue per year. Yeah. So if you're if you're doing wine delivery and they buy a few times a year, then it's plus plus plus. Yeah. Churn. So churn is the rate at which you lose customers. Okay. Okay. And this and this comes out in a equation. Uh, if you're interested about this, like I, I, I'm not going to go too deep here, but I would encourage you to 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 dive deeper. Yeah. Your churn rate is if you have a hundred customers. Essentially, at the end of the year, how many of those 100 customers are left as customers? And so I think, obviously, if you have a, a subscription model, which some e-commerce companies do, it's very easy because yeah, you'll actually see how many subscribers yeah, yeah. you have. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't have a subscription model, you can still work it out. So you can still know that of those 100 customers, from our qualitative or quantitative you know, data, we know that of those, 50 of them will come back and purchase again yeah. next year. Yeah. And so therefore, your, your churn rate over that year is 50%. Okay. Now, if you take ARPU and churn together, you put them together, like you basically get a calculation that gives you the lifetime value and it's an average. Yeah. So it's saying essentially if they spend $100 and we have 50 left, then the average, the, the lifetime value of a customer is, I think it works out to be about $500. Okay. Because I'm not going to go deep into the math because it'll, <laughs> it'll get confusing. But essentially, it works out on average how long a customer will stay if you stay with you. So, and how how much that customer will spend over time. Yeah, and it'll give you a number, and it's pretty robust. So, it sounds it's quite a simple calculation. Yeah, it is pretty robust though, and it will give you you know three hundred and sixty five dollars is your average user spend. And so, yes, you'll get users who will spend twenty dollars, but you'll get ones who spend a thousand dollars. And so, obviously, what the what the averages do is is tell you you're pretty certain spending within this bracket. Yeah. And then you apply some, apply some, um, I guess some, some, some risk profiling. So if you know if your average lifetime value is $350, maybe assume it's 200 for safety and start there to be cautious. And then over time, this is also again, stage business. Yeah. The older your business is, the better data you will have, hopefully to understand and pull out these metrics. If you're a year old, like a lot of this is based on maths and it's, and it's, it, it, it's predictive. If you're, if you're 10 years old, like you, you know, the numbers, like, yeah. like when you put yeah, the equations yeah. in, they will spit out like extremely precise numbers yeah. and that you can stick by. Um, yeah, my advice here is like, do, do trust the math. If you want to look deeper into it, the terms you want to look at is average revenue per user churn and lifetime value. Um, okay. 
it's it's quite simple. It's quite yeah. simple, but do, but do go deeper on that. Do go deeper. That's really really cool. So, um, so you should know for your e-commerce business those numbers to give you this lifetime value. Uh, and and do dig deep on it if you don't know it. So, uh, Matt, just once again, the average revenue um, per user or per customer, the churn rates, oh, yeah. and the lifetime yeah. value. Uh, Google those three terms together, and you should be able to create a calculation which is going to give you that information you need. Again, the key here is is understanding when customers come back and repurchase. Yeah. So let's forget if you have if you have a a subscription model in e-commerce. This is super easy. There's a, there's a million articles on it. Like you, you work the same as my business works. If you don't have that, what it, what is the key thing here is understanding what customers come back and repurchase. Yeah. If your repurchase rate is zero, then we're going to talk about how to increase that because you want people coming back. And I'll talk about why why that is and how much cheaper it is to do than the, the new customer acquisition. Uh, but again, try and look at your numbers and work out how many customers come back and purchase again and try and work out how many times they come back and purchase again. Okay. So if we're, if we're digging into this a little bit further, so let's take the, um, what did you call it? ARPU, um, the average revenue yeah. per, uh, um, so if you, if we look at that, right. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, this is great. Now this is what my number is. Let's say it's 200 bucks or whatever. I guess one of the questions I then need to think about once I've figured this calculation um, and this is what I suppose we're going to get into tonight, isn't it? How do I increase that? What are some of the measures that I can do to increase that? And, and you just mentioned there why that's maybe better than 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 advertising. So let's, can we dig into that? What what are maybe yeah. some of the strategies that we can use to increase the um, average revenue per customer, which ultimately increases our lifetime value? Yeah, so a couple of these you already know and you're already doing. It's it's basket basket size and ticket price, obviously. So if a customer spends twenty dollars or two hundred dollars, then that's a different revenue per user or per customer. Sorry, um, if they buy two products, they have one product. They're obviously spending more as well. The next part comes is what I mentioned before: is is how regularly they buy and do they return. Now, and there is a, there's a last part which I'll mention, which which is not actually within the uh, within the average revenue per customer calculation. It sits outside of that, but but the way that we think about customers, we actually include it and we and we change the calculation, but we actually think about the the viral the viral factor of any one customer. And so what I mean here is okay. if one customer buy, if one customer buys off you, how many new customers do they refer to you? Yeah. And what like I think we'll circle back to this because this is this is actually quite a lot more complicated, but this this comes into why you're doing reviews and why you're doing case studies and why you're doing share things out and why you're doing discount codes for other people to, to get onto as well. And we'll talk about some examples from some very successful e-commerce companies on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to this, so like obviously ticket, so num- number of items in a basket, um, the, 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 the purchase size, I won't talk too much about those because I think you understand that quite a mm-hmm. lot. This is core to e-commerce success. The return customer thing is really interesting. So okay. like, I, I think over time, a lot of e-commerce companies were thinking in terms of single single purchase. The ones that start to get bigger, once you start to grow, you start to notice customers coming back and you start to realize that, that there's value there, if not already. If you look at the stats, generally speaking, and this number can, there's a range of this number. So well, the one that I, I, I seem to think kind of makes sense is it's about seven times cheaper to retain a customer than it is to go and get a new customer. Yeah. I'd now, the reason behind this, 
Yeah, and so the reason behind this, and you can see it's quoted from like five to twenty. Yeah. The reason behind this is that uh, you know the high level. If you're spending on ads to get a new customer, you have to. Yeah, you might have like a hundred dollar CAC to get a new yeah. customer. Yeah. Once, once you have a customer, sending out emails to re-engage them or sending out things to re-engage them is kind of almost free. Mm-hmm. It, like it might cost you in terms of using a marketing agency or using or having a team member that does that. Some time cost. Um, there's very literal. There's very little actual direct dollar cost related yeah. that's operational cost but again it's much more and if you've got email marketing that's going out to 100,000 people the incremental cost of saying that to another customer is is negligible well, yeah it's very difficult it's to measure yeah but it's definitely nowhere near what it what the dollar amount you're spending to bring in new customers even if you even if even this is blended through all your channels so like paid cac versus like maybe you have a blog maybe you have you know a community maybe you have like like other areas there is a direct spend with that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't know what your cost of acquisition for customers, because you're an early company, like work this out. Yeah. Like this is again, one of those crucial metrics. You need to know how much your average customer costs. And if you're a bigger, and if you're a big company, like the, the learning, like the thread I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go through here is that if you're a small company, averages overall, great. Just do that. It's simple. It's easy. As you get bigger, you do want to segment out your customer types and you want to have, each of these metrics, each customer type. So again, with us, we have three customer types. That's kind of enough for us. You know, big, medium, small. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, with you, the same, same thing. Yeah, you I have, you know, like as well. Yeah, yeah, the big, medium, small. I, I can get that. Yeah. So, so again, like if you say about uh, again, you'll have different CAC for, for each one. You'll have different mm-hmm. lifetime values for each one. Um, understand that helps you just be more efficient with the spend again. Yeah. So ultimately, this is what this is about. So. I mean, like, ping me and we'll go, ask me where you want to go next and we'll dive into different, there's a few different things I've covered there. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's it's, it's all great. So you said that seven times, um, it's, so, it's an average figure, right? But it, and pick whatever figure is going to work for your industry, but it's a lot cheaper to get, uh, to persuade customers to buy from you again than it is to get new customers. Now, you should obviously do your uh, new customer acquisition and you should understand the cost of acquiring that customer, as you've said. Um. So how do we, if if it's cheaper to get persuade customers to return to us again, what are some of the strategies that we can do to get customers to come back, to buy from us again? Let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah, so, so there's, there's the high level ones, which if you're not doing, you should be doing so re-engagement campaigns, marketing campaigns, new product campaigns, um, new pricing campaigns. So this is so essentially what you're doing here is when someone buys off you, you're going back out to that customer. Uh, and this might be a little bit more difficult if you're through, let's say, Amazon Marketplace, because I think yeah. there's, a, there's some challenges there around how you re-engage customers. So I, I've seen one thing you can do there is you can, so with Amazon specifically, for those who have that, you can offer them to sign up like, so you can offer them to get them to sign up after purchase to a discount loyalty club or something like that. What you need is a customer's email. So to get around Amazon, like there's ways to do this. And basically what you do is you have like an extra little offer, which is like, join our loyalty club here and future purchases will give you $5 off. Yeah, That's a, that's a good price to get the customer's email because then suddenly you can start to market them outside of the system. Yeah. And if you can do that and you can't, Women. Um, so, so obviously, like, like remarketing on a regular basis. So, you know, the balance is here, and I won't go. I won't go deep on this one because I think a lot of people understand this, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of education around this. But obviously, understanding drip campaigns. So, when someone purchases the first time, 
have a series of emails that go out over probably the first four weeks and then, you know, bring those down and, you know, email them certain times a year around deals, around certain things. If you can segment out different customers. So if people are, are avid readers, market to them more. If people are less avid readers, market to them less, like yeah. balance here. Um, I will chat a little bit, a bit around personalization though. Yeah. Uh, and this is where I'll start to talk a bit more about, about, about the video side. So I think one of the things that, the, that is changing in e-commerce is it's been a very transactional industry. About, yeah. And this is the same for my industry and, and software as well. We've all gone after scale. We've all said, look, scale is what matters. And that has worked before everyone started doing it to an extent. Mm-hmm. And so we've all gone, look, mass email campaigns, mass online messaging bots, and everything else. Yeah. And that stuff all has, it, has its place and it's great. Now, the one thing like, I'm going to chat about, which is changing, is looking at how you personalize the customer experience to the next level and how you bring the company and its values forward into that customer journey beyond just like your website and your messages and your, and your, and your products themselves. What, what we're seeing now is, uh, I don't know whether this has just changed because I mean, like this is accelerated by this year, but obviously as individuals, we're starting to probably feel a little bit less connection. Like, like, like humans are built as, as you know, built to communicate. Yeah, so yeah, we're social creatures. Yeah. yeah. If you went back 50 years, 20 years, you know, you would go and buy, you know, your, your consumables from your grocery and they would know your name and you'd go in. And part of the reason you would turn to that, that person is because you would enjoy the experience as well. Yeah, now you still get that. It, yeah, yeah. And you still have, have that in like offline commerce situations. So a good example here in Australia is this is a huge coffee nation. I'm not quite sure why, but everyone has their favorite barista. Everyone drinks coffee. And this is like lattes and, and, and espressos and stuff. Everyone has like their own individual coffee shops they go to every single morning. Mm-hmm. And when a barista moves coffee shop, people move with them. Okay. Because the coffee is, the coffee is like always good. It's secondary to actually like the chat. So you go in there and, and this is a good example. I know it's offline, but like, like I walk, into, I walk into, to, to my barista. He knows my name. We have a bit of chat. He yeah. like wakes me up. We, I, I get my coffee. And then he does that like 10,000 times a week. <laughs> So he has his, his yeah, brain it's like yeah. it's crazy, yeah, but like, but but this is what makes a great brister. So they have they have to be able to do the product, but there's lots of great bristers. And so if you have it like like an e-commerce company, it's very rare that you are without competition mm-hmm. in, in, in today's market. And if you don't have it now, that's awesome. But it, but it's probably going to come. So you have this. So then you have the experience that goes on top of that. That's the reason I go back to the same coffee shop every day. Yeah. I, you know, if I think about online, like, like, like where I go back repurchasing, a lot of stuff like I'll do single purchase. I'm an avid gardener. I go back to one company for all my seeds, which I buy online because that's the way the world today. Now I go back to them because they do an awesome job about remarketing and engaging me. Mm-hmm. So when I buy seeds off them, they'll always write handwritten notes and they know that I'm a repeat customer. And they're like, hey, Matt, thanks for coming back again. Mm-hmm. And I'll do these things. And it's not... I don't know if they're doing that by hand or if they got a machine to do it because you can get both things. But like, I look at that and I'm like, this company actually cares about me. And it's, you know what? It's because the prices are, are similar, the industry is similar. This is the thing that makes me want to get back to them. Yeah. Because they remain top of mind to me. And I enjoy the experience. And it's a very small bit of enjoyment, but it's the same psychology of why I would go back to the barista. The same reasoning, the same thought process. So in e-commerce, I think what we're seeing is being effective is a shift back to that where you start to build a bit of a relationship mm-hmm. with an e-commerce brand. Whereas traditionally we've always thought about e-commerce as like the product and the price. Yeah. It now becomes the product, the price, the brand and the relationship. Yeah. And so one thing 
and this is where we play. So you can take this with a grain of salt, and, you know, but like we see this, we've seen e-commerce using technologies like ours like tenfold over the last year. And I think you know, e-commerce has done amazingly. We've seen this, we've seen a lot of e-commerce launching subscription models where lifetime value is way more important. Mm-hmm. We've seen non, non-subscription model e-commerce companies start to think about lifetime value and how do you retain customers. And if you're thinking that way, then if you haven't thought about it yet, then building a relationship with those customers is a really good way to yeah. like compete in this arena and drive a lot of value. So what we do, we have a system that plugs into Shopify, big commerce, WooCommerce, like you name it, whatever you're using for your, for your web, for your um, e-commerce websites. When, when you have your purchase and you can decide if this is only, only your high purchases or all purchases, we can wait until a product has been delivered to a customer. We can wait 24 hours and then we can notify you or one of your team or one of your, te- or one of your packers on the shop floor and say, hey, Mrs. Jones has got this product. Why don't you send a 20-second video through to her mm-hmm. individually and say, hey, Mrs. Jones, this is Matt here from Customer Service, Service at X Brand. I saw you received your product. I just want to make sure it's received in the way that you expected, that it's everything you wanted. And if you have any questions or anything about it yet, please get back and let us know. By the way, our business grows on reviews. I'm including a Trustpilot link on this video. If if it is everything you expected, would you mind leaving us a good review? Yeah. Now, this is a video that someone is recording using using this this device on the shop floor. Mm -hmm. It takes 20 seconds. And so the point is, uh, and the way that our system works and the way we build these things is like we literally like notify someone they do the video and go back to work. Now it sounds like quite a lot of effort, but it's a 20 second video where we've seen e-commerce start to use this kind of, this kind of attitude, which is personalizing messaging towards a customer is that number one, it's like absolute unexpected customer service excellence. Yeah. Which, it's, you know, it's, like, it's remarkable. And so, I mean, the simplicity of it is, is is uh, well is great but uh, i'm just thinking if i'm if i'm a customer and i get my normal transactional email saying oh thanks matt you you know here's here's a list of your items i get that from every man and his dog right this is what every this is the norm what yeah. i've never had from any e-commerce business ever is that video and the first time i get it i'm like do you know what I mean? I, I'm blown away. So I, I'm loving this. I think it's I think it's a great simple idea, and I can see how it how it's going to have massive reach and impact. It, like, like exactly, and so like like boy, like customer service excellence is one of the other areas. Like if you're not investing in that, like invest in that. I can promise you, like as a business owner, it is one of the cheapest ways to get an ROI because so many companies fail at awesome customer service, mm-hmm. and it's not that expensive. Um, I think there's balances here. Like there's loads of bots and automation stuff. My, my, my experience is like you need humans too. I think, I think, I think this is one of the areas where you want humans. So we talk about like automation in our company. You know, we, we, have, a, we have a saying where we say like automate, proce- automate processes, never relationships. I think certain things in a business, automation is amazing. The reason it exists is to do the stuff that humans don't have to do. So you can free up your time. So you can do the stuff that humans only can do. Yeah. And connection and relationship and building these relationships with customers is key. So customer service, like, I don't care how you do it. If you can ever, if you're a global business and you can man live support chat 24 seven, and you can do this with hiring in Philippines and South Africa and, and different countries, and you can do this very, very cost effectively, like most e-commerce companies don't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. If someone has an issue and you're there to respond in seconds, like 
boom, my customer, like you will solve that and that customer will get to you. So back, back to the, the video thing. The point here, a video is one mechanism to do this. You can do other ways. The point here is that the post-purchase experience is as important as the pre-purchase yes, experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the reason why is, is a number of folds. So like if somebody does have an issue with their product, and you and you are are proactively contacting that customer and reaching out and checking. That customer is not going to take to social media and go, "Oh, this product is terrible." They're not going to come in ranting and angry. They're going to be like, "Oh, thanks. I actually I do have a challenge. Would you mind helping me?" Mm-hmm. And you're going to help them, and you're going to solve that that issue, and that's going to stay between you and that customer. And this then starts like I'm going through rabbit holes here, but like there's a thing that happens, which is if you have an issue, if a customer has an issue and you fix it well, that customer is like five times more likely to become an advocate of your brand and repurchase than if you had normal customer who never had an issue in the first place. Yeah. It's yeah. like a weird psychology here. It gives you an excuse to show that the, the you're a company that cares about customers and that yep. you'll do great customer service and it'll stay. Yeah. Now, so that's, that, that's one element here is that you start having happier customers come in the funnel. You can, you can tackle problems earlier. You can turn them into advocates. Secondly is, you know, you talk about the whole, like at the end of the video, you say, Hey, reviews mean a lot to us. Now, if you've done something like this, people are going to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Do you think that review they are going to leave? So A, are they more likely to leave a review? The answer is like, absolutely. Yeah. And so in the customers that use us, we've talked to them, it's something like four, four, four to five times more likely to leave a review, oh, like wow. as a minimum, Yeah. up to like 10 plus, like, like, like it's huge. Because it's not that people don't, don't want to leave reviews. It's just that they, they don't, they get distracted. It's much harder to say no to a human being than it is to an automated email saying leave review here. Like this is a, it's a fact. Um, yeah. law of reciprocation will kick in. Um, but then also when they leave those reviews, do you think they're going to leave you a stellar review off the back of doing something like this? Oh, even okay. if they're slightly disgruntled, they, they're going to be like, look, like you know, even a bad review would be like, look, the product had an issue, but they reached out, they contacted me, we're going to get it fixed. Like honestly, like awesome customer service, like use this company. Yeah. So you, you're, you're, you're proactively driving better reviews off the back of this anyway. Yeah. And it, like like reviews like so you know like a good example we had a, we had a fashion store in 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 Denmark it's called Monk Store they kind of like they they went after reviews pretty hard and within like three months they came from like nowhere to being like number one like made like rated men's fashion store in the whole Denmark on like oh, Trust wow. Pilots and just what that using does the video and then, the strategy that you you, you just, talked about just using this yeah and what that yeah. does yeah is ultimately for them it like it like half their CAC. So cost of acquisition of the customer. Yeah. So they were spending, like, I don't know numbers, but let's say you spend a hundred dollars trying to get a customer to paid ads. If suddenly you find that half your customers are coming through review sites, then suddenly you don't have to pay as much. You don't have to buy as many. So you can yeah. suddenly go and buy half the customers or, or, or you get double the customers. So like the point here is that they, they, they created like a free, essentially a free channel. There is an operational cost, which is doing a 20 second video. If someone's on a shop floor, like they can do that well pack here. Like it's not, it's not hard to do. No, not um, at all. It's you know, actually, another example, yeah, straightforward. It's straightforward. It's part of the process. Like, like, like I met a guy over here. I remember before we ever did this, and when we fell into it, and he'd been, he's he sells he sells he sells um, hills hoists and like hanging like dryers, like hanging dryers for clothes. You know, like pretty boring industry. Yeah, the guy has to be like a hundred thousand reviews in australia he's the number one like supplier of everything in australia like he's like 10x like any competitor 
and the guy's loaded and he sat like and he does not sell like the most exciting products he's like he's like we used to get people to text videos from the shop for whenever we sell out products he's like literally this he's like it was more it's more manual and he's have to get a number prison and stuff he's like we we, we, we did this 10 years ago he's like wow. don't tell anyone because like it's worked so well for yeah, us yeah. and because you know ultimately it wasn't about the video so this is not about the video it's about customer service excellence is is the key here and personalization and showing an individual that you care about them yeah even if they don't you know even if they don't return because you are maybe selling hills hoists that people only buy once every 10 years they're going to go and tell the people about it they're, or they're going to go and review you yeah. and share publicly so are they more to do so for you like absolutely um so you have to invest ahead to get this it's not a big investment as you think um, there are other ways beyond video, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like the handwritten notes. I, I mentioned earlier from my C yeah. company, the handwritten notes in packages. I, I buy a lot of, like online. I, th- I think Australia has like, like, like one of the biggest, if not the biggest penetration of mobile device and mobile online purchasing in the world, mm-hmm. I think, um, because it's such a big country and we're so yeah, yeah. Um, disparate. And, yeah. uh, and, and so like, like technologies here is really integrated. We buy everything online. There's still, it's like one in 50 do anything personal when I get, when I get a message, but some of them do. And it's weird. Like I bought a machete the other day. It sounds <laughs> crazy, do. but I live, yeah. as you do, I, I, I live on the bush. <laughs> I live on the bush. So it's there for for like gardening again. Like, like, like I'm not, I'm not some weirdo. Well, I am, but not in that way. <laughs> just guy, to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to clarify. <laughs> the guy's doing the machete. It's like, like he put he put like mento sweets in there and wrote a handwritten note and I'm like it's amazing like this is a machete and yeah. like the guys take it and I'm like I shared it out because I always thought it was hilarious and I shared it out and so I was like yeah I, I got I got one as well like next day you know like so it, it it sounds silly and it sounds like a little thing but this is something that again that could be operationalized because you shop for guys can do it yeah. those little touches have a bigger impact than you could possibly imagine yeah they do massive impact. Because, because, because not everyone does them. I, I promise you, like, mm-hmm. like we'll have this conversation in two years' time. Do it uh, suddenly every, is, is every e-commerce company suddenly going to be like taking time with personalization with customers? No, no, they're no, not. Yeah. Too. Like they, they just won't. Not at all. Um, it was so a lot of people. Uh, it's like, I think like you, if you think it's going to happen, look at like any industry, like like telecoms or anything else, or like any other industry in the world, how many of them are awesome at customer service? Like very, very few. Yeah. Like at all. So if you can invest in this, and again, as a business owner, we invest in this. And I can tell you it's one of the reasons we've grown so fast, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that like one of our growth channels is customer service for us. Like that, that's how important it is. Like we kind of as a growth channel because we get referrals and we get new customers from it. Like as a business, 50% of our of our customers come from referrals. But that's quite a, four years that's in. quite an extraordinary statistic. Right, because for a lot of online businesses, they won't be experiencing that. Um, and it, it, it sounds. If I'm, I'm sitting here, Matt, thinking, well, I, I run my own e-commerce businesses, and I can attest to some of the things that you've said, you know, and I can see the results of those working. Um, and I'm sitting here thinking, it sounds all remarkably simple, but, but there's got to be a catch because surely there's got to be a catch. Do you know what I mean? It's it's um, it's almost too good to be true. I guess the value then is, for me as a business, in doing it makes a lot of sense. The, the, I guess the cost for me becomes consistency, right? Can I do this consistently? 
rather than just try it for a day and go, oh, I don't want to do that again. Uh, yeah, so I, I think this is maybe a, a piece. So everyone's looking for growth hacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just say everyone's saying like quick fixes. My advice here, and take this with a grain of salt, is that there are very, very few quick fixes. Yeah, there's very few growth hacks. If someone's talking about growth hack, it's probably not a growth hack anymore because everyone's going to try it. Like, like that's like, like you could definitely be early adopters, you know. So, yeah. so, so you know, if you're if you're if you're if you're one of the first people to ever like advertise on Facebook in those first years, you've got an awesome like like payback. Like, absolutely, yeah. Like, there are early things, so do keep your eyes open for new opportunities. Oh, sorry about that. You carry on. <laughs> okay, but like, like, like. Like what this comes down to is is operational consistency, and so this is one of the one of the areas. And so customer service excellence is not a quick hack. Mm. What it doesn't have to be is expensive, and it doesn't have to be hard to continue. But it, you do need to be smart around this. So I'll take the video example or the handwritten note example. If every time someone ships out, the way that like the Bundro works is again you get triggers from your Shopify account or from whatever it is you're using that, 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 that ping someone and goes, Mrs. Jones just received package. It's been 24 hours. She ordered X, Y, Z, and it's all there on the phone. They go, right, record. Hey, Mrs. Jones, I saw you received X, Y, Z, blah, 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 send. And they get a notification on a regular basis. I know that between one and two o'clock every day, they're going to go and do a few of these videos. Like, that's an operational piece that is, because, because again, the automation behind the system supports yeah. people to do this regularly, that, it, that, that they don't have to think. So like, with anything you want to work operationally, take the thinking out of it. Yeah. So they focus on doing the video. The same with having notes. They know that whenever they're packaging, there's a ha- like build a system so that whenever they're packing up, it shows the customer, it shows some stuff about them, it shows like their the, the location and maybe some personalization and data, and you can get this from different systems. So when they write a note, they're like, you know, they can write that, they put it in, and then they go again operationalizing. So you can test stuff. Once it works, you then operationalize it. Don't worry too much about that at the very start test stuff initially great customer support i mean like honestly like if you have if you have the, the funds i would say just invest in that anyway yeah i think this is one way you can take the bet yeah. um you know like if you if you sell globally make sure you have support 24 7 mm-hmm. if you just sell in the states or just in the uk make sure you're supported like quite late into the night i think like having support online after 6 p.m yeah you know in e-commerce is value especially if you're b2c because this is when people actually are online doing support requests so make sure that's covered make sure it's covered well and you have capacity um operationalize it you know in terms of funds like do that in the philippines or do that in south africa or, or, or do it somewhere else if, if that's a challenge um again like operationalize these things and invest in them um it has to be systems where you don't think like yeah. i agree and it has to be consistent and you have to do it over long term so go back to the, the danish example with, with the men's fashion they went off this pretty hard for a quarter so for three months they did this consistently. If they did not get to the number one trust pilot in a couple of days, they went after it consistently, consistently, consistently. And then ultimately then look at it and go, well, it turns out we're getting double the customers in mm-hmm. because, because those, those reviews are, again, maybe, and this might be country dependent, but like trust pilot is obviously pretty big in, in Denmark. It, it matters quite a lot. It's a really good um, driver of traffic. So, I think for them it was a test originally. I don't think they, I don't think they thought too much about it. They were like, Let, let's test it and see how it goes. But then, but then once it went, they were like, let's go 100 yeah, and do it, yeah. Do and they have big volumes, it. and so they go, they hit it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at us, look at us, and you think about like this whole personalized video thing. It's crazy. I like, like, like I look at like our biggest senders. It's e-commerce, hands down. We we now have companies that hire people 
they hire people to, to do this. Like wow. that's how much it impacts it makes. Um, I, we generally see that in, in higher ticket item spaces. So things like fashion, we also see it in, in places where they have subscription models. So we've mm-hmm. seen it in like coffee, in like coffee, coffee s- s- subscription models where the actual price per coffee is not that high, but they're sending them out every, every quarter for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to subscribe, you don't leave yet. And therefore it's worth hiring a person to make sure they actually move customers from a single purchase to a subscription model. Yeah. So they're trying to push them over that hurdle. So, with these things, yes, operationalize it. Remember, like you're doing it for results is the only other thing I'd say here is that so what capacity you have, do you measure this stuff? You know, if you set, do it, send these videos to 100 customers and don't mm. send them to another 100, look at them and go, how many reviews do we get from this batch versus this batch? Yeah. How many, can we, can we see how much traffic we get from reviews? Is that a market that's going to work for us as well? Yeah. So uh, do, do measure it out. Yeah, that's such great advice. I really like this as an idea and I'm, my brain is buzzing with a million possibilities all of a sudden, you know, that we could do and, and use in our e-commerce businesses. And I like the simplicity of the just doing a 20 second video and actually it doesn't have to, it can be anybody, you know, you just, you just do that video to send that video and it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can do it with a mobile phone and bam, it's gone. And, and the impact uh, I like the idea of, of of actually testing it and seeing what the actual increase in in the lifetime value of the customer is. This this lot over here, I am doing this, and this lot over here, I'm not doing it, and seeing you know what what sort of happens. I guess if I'm starting out in e-commerce, Matt, right? So let's let's talk about the guys and gals listening who are new to e-commerce. They're just about to start up their, their e-commerce business or they've just started up, you know, it's, it's kind of a new thing and they're getting one or two customers in. Is this a strategy that they should hit straight away? I think I know the answer, but let, let me ask the question. Is this a strategy they should hit straight away or does it work better when you hit a certain size? If you're starting out, yeah, like do like do this tomorrow. So, having started a couple of businesses and having gone through that, like uh, I'm not an e-commerce, but like it's the same thing. You start off with like one customer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like go above and beyond for those early customers because because one thing you have right now is you actually do have some time, and you do have that enthusiasm. Like everyone's starting a business. Like I'm not saying we get jaded, but like you definitely have a lot more enthusiasm at the beginning mm-hmm. when like it's you and it's your passion, yeah passion sells. So if you're, you know, if you're doing that, do everything you can to thank those customers. I'm like, so I actually do like when I do buy from like newer companies, cause you do like there's more and more coming to e-commerce now. These are the ones that tend to do the, the personalization, like, like outside of video, these are the ones that, 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 that tend to care. Um, you know, like, like I bought something the other day, like it wasn't working. The founder got back to me and he's like, look, we're, we're a new company. I was like, look, and I was like, give me your review link. Cause this is, this is like next level service. Mm. And the guy's like, we haven't set reviews yet. I'm like, here's link to set them up and then give me the link and I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but like, but like, but like the guy who ran the business got on. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, like I'm running the company. Like I'm here to help on, on the front line. I was like, yeah, awesome. Like, like, like it's just, it's, again, like new companies, I love it because they, they inevitably do a better job of customer support or customer success anyway. Yeah. So like, like I, I, I kind of think like, again, if you're new, you're nimble, you tend to just, this bit this is in your DNA to get better at, you need to try and retain that as you scale. So like a lot of us lose it. Like I think we have these time at the beginning and as we scale, we get a little bit obsessed with scale. And so we start to strip humanity out at some point. So that actually is really crucial to, um, for the business to grow. So you start to try and place everything with, 
with the robots for better for better or one of a better word. And again, like automate the processes, but the parts where a human can come in, aka building relationships, aka driving reviews, you know, like making yeah. connections with customers, you, you need to make sure you keep humans on that, like yeah. in, in some capacity. Yeah. No, the human touch is so is so so important. We've been talking a lot about how we do this um in my e-commerce businesses around email because I I'm I think email blasts and sequences are good, but um, I, it's like with Apple now, if I take a case with Apple, right, I don't, I don't, I don't get their email blast. I get an email from Dave, you know, who, who, who works in the business department in the Liverpool store here. Hey Matt, how's it going? Just checking in, making sure everything's okay. And it's like, if I want to buy anything now, I don't even go on their website. I just email Dave. Dave sorts it all out for me. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing, right? That's the relationship I now have with Dave. For me, Dave is Apple. Apple is Dave. Um, and it's just a simple thing, this whole personalization, this just showing customers that you care has a profound impact on your business. Um, I remember with Jersey, one of my companies, we changed our business model um, uh, from a sort of a, we, we didn't have great customer service a few years ago. Let's just put it that way. And then we turned, we changed our model and we put a lot of time and energy into focusing on customer service. It became our main thing that we we, we sort of targeted. Um, it meant that prices weren't as cheap because we needed to put prices up to give us the cash to, to, to sort of sew into customer service. Um, and what I can tell you is the, fir the first year that we did that, sales dropped off a little bit because our prices had gone up. But, but 12 months later, right, my sales were over 20% more than they were before we started this process. I, I, our overall sales had gone up by 20%. It was a massive increase. It was the biggest single increase we'd had for a while, um, all because we focused in on customer service. It was a remarkable thing, you know. Like, like a hundred percent, like I said, and, and part of that is probably customers coming back or customers referring other customers going this, this matters. Yeah. Like, so like it, 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 it is hard. It can be hard to measure this stuff, especially when you're first starting, you will have indicators. Yeah. Like qualitative, like talk to customers, like, like you'll hear this, you'll see on social media, you'll see people getting more involved and responding more in, um, yeah, with personalization, like the, the, remember as well, there are different levels. So I mentioned earlier, the beginning about bringing the humanity back into the customer journey. Mm -hmm. So it's about like one-to-one -one, and that's, and that's like the ultimate level of personalization. Now there is another side, which is bringing your people forward as part of the brand and doing this maybe a, like, like at a more scalable area. And this is things like the founders doing updates on, on their phone yeah, on new products that are coming out and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, so like the example coffee roaster I mentioned, like he will do updates and shoot things out to customers, but he'll, he'll obviously make sure he's always in like the roasting chamber or whatever, you, whatever it's called, where they roast the stuff. It's like, it, it's just, it's, it's like, and people are buying from this artisan. And so that builds a brand like, Oh, here's the guy behind it. And it's, and it's unedited footage on a phone, but it's, it's, it's super interesting. You know, you have companies yeah. that like, if you're launching a company and like, get on the shop floor, get into the packaging warehouse, show what you're doing. Like, like, like this is the stuff that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like you know, if you're doing like a lifestyle business, um, like an adventure, like adventure equipment, do videos when you're out in like, like in the country using that to your customer base. And they're like, wow, this company really lives and breathes this. Yeah. Do that stuff. So people start to understand that, you know, like they connect not with necessarily like the Jersey, they connect with, you know, or, or Apple, they, they connect with um, like Matt or Ed, you know, like yeah. Apple. So again, boy, like, like, I, I, Apple's an awesome 
example here. I mean, this, this we started to go into the whole place of like culture and hiring correctly here, but it's so Apple. If you think about it, yeah, like everyone was starting to go like online with selling, and Apple was like, yeah, we're going to go offline and put up stores. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is, yeah. Which is crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. And they did it in a massive way. But if you walk into an Apple store, as everyone knows, you walk in there, and anyone you meet is an Apple person. They yeah. have an amazing training schedule for those people. It's the individuals you're connecting with, yeah. So although, like, so the Apple brand to me is like Steve, but it's also Jenny and you know and, and Nigel and all those people that you meet on the shop floor. You know, love them or hate them because you know they are they have a lot of energy. Um, that's that then becomes the Apple brand, and so at the heart of Apple, you have you have two sides. So you have the, the technology side, but then you also have the individuals who are willing to help and get on board with you, sit there with an hour and try and figure out your issues. That's that part of the brand. Now, as, as an online business. You, you can get that too. So people are like, oh, the brand is X, but the brand is also this, this amazing team of people. If I ever have any questions can help me out or suggest other things or, you know, again, like, like customer service excellence, like there's like mountains about how to do this, you know, like you know, if someone comes in, you don't have the right products, send them to competitors, get them the best result and they'll still love you and come back down the line. And yeah. like, like all this stuff, like um, it's not, I, I guess here's the thing. Like you said earlier, in theory, this is all quite simple. I actually do think it is simple. I think it's understanding that it's a growth. It's a, so a being savvy enough to understand that this is a growth lever because it's not like you have customer service and the next day you make ten dollars more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you said, like the first year you did this, you actually lost money, but you had the consistency and the uh, probably the experience to know this would pay back, and it did pay back the, the next year and would have kept paying back over time. Yeah. So it, it is a harder one. It's not. It's not a quick fix. I gotta tell you now that like it says great business. 99.9% of things you do that are successful are not quick fixes. If you look at <laughs> successful businesses and successful people, they're not built on quick fixes. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry to break all your all your hearts. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, to like, break all like, the illusions that we're we're under. There, there's no silver bullet often. It's just like just get on, roll your sleeves up and get in, right? Consistency. Consistency is more important than that. Um so so it's hard. I get that. It is actually like I think as easy as it as it sounds, if you have a great culture, if you have great people working for you and, and they like people, then it's easy. Yeah. No, it comes that's, naturally. That's great. that's great. That's proper powerful stuff. Now I wanna I wanna circle back to something you talked about earlier um that you said would pick up on. Having gone through that whole thing about the personalization, um, and that's gonna help with our customer service. It's going to help with our repeat customers, which helps with our uh, lifetime value. I mean, bringing it all back together. One of the things that you talked about that I just want to come back to is this, what you called the viral factor of any one customer. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll have heard this described, Jeremy, as like advocacy or advocates or, or super fans is, is kind of a, a term that's taking off now as well. Essentially, this, so the idea here is, your best growth lever, if you can do it, is to get a customer to send you another customer. Mm-hmm. Now, the, now, when this happens, that any customer that comes through a referral is like five times more likely to buy off you. Mm-hmm. And they're five times more likely to buy faster. Like they're, 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 they're a better customer from the start off because they've come through a referral. So they're already pre-sold. Yeah. So someone else, the other thing is, like, is it's free. Like ultimately, yeah. Like someone referring you a customer is free. Now, for those of you that know MPS, I guess this is this this. I explain it like there's a, there's a measure you can do with customers, which is like how likely are you to recommend this to another to another person? Yeah. 
like you'll have seen this. You you got these these new email and it's a scale of one to ten. Yeah. But then like, this is basically trying to like measure like advocacy. Some people love MPS, some people don't. Mm-hmm. So, but but the point is like you might have so two parts of yeah. One is like if everyone says if everyone gives you like a rating of one, like I'm not I'm not willing to refer you to another person, like. Go fix that. Mm-hmm. Like go fix that with customer service. With whatever you're doing, find what the issue is. Go fix that. Now, let's say you've got a company where lots of people are saying, "Yes, I will refer you to to, to another to another customer." Like this is awesome. Yeah, this is, again, like this is the, the beginnings of this journey, but it's not the end because, as we all know, even if all your if all your customers said, I, "Like I would be willing to refer you to a friend of mine," ninety five percent of them will never do that. Yeah, and it's not that they wouldn't do it. It's the fact that like. You're not top of mind, not thinking about it. Yeah. You know, they're they're not actively promoting it um, because we're all busy. We all get on with get on with lives, yeah. especially like in e-commerce where it tends to be single purchase. So the two parts is one is obviously generating an advocate, someone who goes, I would refer you to somebody else. And the second part is asking them to go and do exactly that. Not enough businesses ask about it. So when I give the example of at the end of the video saying, here's a link, reviews me in lots of us, would you mind leaving us one? That's very obviously saying, hey. Leave us a review here, yeah. please, and people go and do it. Here's a here's a share icon. If you if you're happy with the service, share this out. You'll, you'll get five dollars off your next thing. That's it. Like great companies do this. Like Naked Wines is a good example for those who are in the UK, Australia, and, and the states. Um, they do a lot of stuff like in their packaging to try and get you to share out. They did a lot of stuff around share about around trying to drive advocates to get out. They obviously try and build the advocates and then they really try and use you and try and get you to share stuff and invite your friends. Like you've, you've seen these things where it's like invite your friends and get $100 off. Yeah. Like this stuff works for a reason. Um, if you can, if you can number one, create advocates by having great service, having all the things we've talked about today, and then you can you get mechanisms to use them. So be this driving reviews, be this referring friends directly through discount vouchers or just through great service. Um, you know, like, like giving them reasons to come back in again and purchase again. It's free, it's free money as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free traffic with us as a business. So we have like 60,000 users, customers. We have got like, you know, we, we still do 50%, but probably over time, about 70% of those have come through referrals. Mm-hmm. So we paid zero money for like, like we are, we, we've literally two months ago started spending our first ever dollars on marketing. Oh wow! I mean, so like, there's a there, there's a result for you. Yeah, yeah. We haven't spent any money on marketing. Yeah, yeah. And now we're like, ooh, we've never spent money. Let, let's try that on top. Yeah. So like, so with us, you know, people are like, how do you grow? And we're like, well, customer service excellence, mm-hmm. giving people great experiences, and then like giving them links to go and review us and invite people. Like, so again, like, like we actually promote it. We actually try and do it. Um, but for us, it's a it's our highest converting channel. If you look at it, I think it converts anyone coming through a reference converts at three to four times higher than any other traffic source we do. Mm-hmm. So it's much higher converting. It is also free. And we obviously combine this together. So if we see someone comes to a referral, we're like, we should spend more, we should spend more time on these customers because we know they, they're more likely to convert anyway. Yeah. And then the and then the final part that comes out of it is if somebody's been referred in, and I couldn't tell you the science psychology behind this, but that anyone referred in is also more likely to refer other people. Okay. I think because they've been referred in and then something stays in there and they're more likely to go and do the same again. They, they almost feel like the urge to pass it on. Yeah. Um, 
And this is I wonder if it's because actually you're. Um, I wonder if it's because you're cementing their beliefs. Do you know what I mean? The sort of tribal beliefs. So I, I refer you to something, and you try it and go, "Well, Matt was right. Well, that's that's marvelous." So um, because you because you kind of it's been proven to you. I wonder then if that's the psychology which says, "Okay, you now have to." you're now going to go refer somebody else rather than it just, you know, being your discovery. It's like you've been referred and it's been proven right. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, I think you know, there's, a, there's a psychological principle called, called consistency, mm-hmm. which is where like people tend to stay consistent along lines of thinking. And so yeah, maybe that, like that makes sense. Um, regardless, like you tell me other like, industry and they're like, what? And they're like, we don't, we don't, we don't get that many through. Um, so like we're living proof that it could be done. The main reason we've done it is like we invest customer support. We, we naturally send the video to everyone who ever comes into our funnel. So what we try to do is make sure we, we get a first impression. I mean, we're different. We're different to a single purchase e-commerce business. We're not different. We're not different to a subscription e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. Like Same we, really, yeah. we really aren't. Same principles. Um, we invested in us and we put money down at the beginning and it's, it's paid back for us. Yeah. I don't think initially we understood what the payback would be. We didn't really have numbers. We kind of just did it because we thought it was the right thing, to be mm. honest. Um, because our culture happened to be that way. And and now we're here living proof where I say like 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 it's worked and we I would never drop it. In fact, we're just doubling down investing more in it because it pays back so well. Yeah. So two lessons there are like create advocates, create people who will actively refer you if you want to use MPS to test this and see how many would it's a good it's a good it's a good baseline yeah. for where your company sits. Telcos get negative numbers because no one refers them. You know, <laughs> great, great companies. If you get above 70, 80, like you, you're like you're winning. Yeah. Um, you know, banks have goes down this end. Um, so like that's less your measurement. Try and get that up by doing things like personalization, by doing better ways to engage people, by like again, build we didn't talk about like building a community, like build a community. Yeah. The most active communities I've seen are like e-commerce businesses, yeah, often. Um to do that as well. And then on the, and so, and then the second part of that is like build these advocates and then make sure you, you are utilizing them and you have to be proactive and you have to literally like, like don't, don't be shy. Like ask them to get you more business. Yeah. And if, and if you've done the first part correctly, second part, they'll be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. Love to help out. Love to help out. Yeah. You're a small family business and I really love your products. Why am I not going to help you grow? Right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm tied into your success a little bit there. So I'm, I'm totally going to do that. Um, but you're right, you've got to ask. It's the same principle with just about anything in e-commerce I've found. It's like people say to you all the time, how do I grow reviews? Do you ask for them? The first question, do you actually ask for a review? No. Well, okay, there's your first problem right there because people, as much as they love you, just until you ask them, are just not going to do it because they've got so many other things to think about going on in their lives, right? Uh, it's not like it was 10, 15 years ago where people will just happily write a review because, you know, it was all very new and shiny, but not anymore. Um, so no, yeah, this principle of ask, uh, you have not because you ask not, I think is the wisdom of the scripture, isn't it? It's that kind of, you've just got to go and ask, get out and ask. No, I love that. Listen, Matt, I feel like I could go all night picking your brains about a whole bunch of these things, but this has been fantastic. This is, um, it's been so unusual and, and good to talk about this, how you grow uh, this side of your business, investing customer excellence and this personalization aspect and how how you automate process, but you don't automate relationships. And I think, you know, these these are some amazing takeaways that we've got from you, uh, 
today, sort of having this conversation. So really appreciate you being with us. How do um, how do people reach out to you? How do people connect with you if they want to know more, if they want to connect, if they just want to have a chat? How do they do that? Yeah, so you find me on LinkedIn. If you go there and type in Papa Bear, there's like three of us. I'm the only guy in the bear suit. I don't know why the other guys aren't, aren't wearing bear suits, but there you go. Um, okay. So you find me there. Look, look. If, if you want to test out video stuff, like check, like uh, like I would say, I was in bias, but do do check out Bonjuro. Yeah, um, it's obviously completely free to use to get on board, test it out. Uh, you'll get a video from one of our teams around the world, so you'll hopefully get to experience as well. Mm-hmm. But with these things, you know, like test them, just yeah. test. Like like some businesses it might work for, some it might not work for. Give it a try. You kind of got nothing to lose. Yeah. If it works, chat to us, and we'll we have lots of case studies on on the site around e-commerce companies specifically around reviews, but also around shopping cart completions and like, and other areas. So to improve. So I like, do think this, and then like, think about lifetime value. Like this, this thing, if you're not, if you haven't heard that term before, you're not really quite across it. Like just, just, just do a bit of reading, get deeper into it. You'll see a lot of software companies talking about it. Mm-hmm. If you can start to think in this way and think about your business in this way, you, you, you'll get the step ahead in a lot of e-commerce companies and competitors out there. No, that's fantastic. That's great. So uh, search for Papa Bear on LinkedIn. Um, head over to Bonjoro and try the free trial. We'll definitely be uh, having a conversation, Matt, because uh, I can picture one of my companies already where we're going to be trying this. Uh, and I, I'm keen to see what happens as a result. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. We will, of course, put the links to Matt in the show notes, which you can get at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 56. You'll be able to connect with him through those. Do reach out to him. Uh, he is pop about. I'm sure he won't bite and uh, he'll be more than helpful. Listen, Matt, it's been an absolute privilege. Uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time and getting up super early uh, in Australia to talk to us um, because of the different time zones. Um, really, really fantastic. Thank you so, so much for joining us. It has been an absolute treat absolute treat no problem I'll, I'll say the same for being here i love i love i love the ideas it's you, you've woken me up for the day <laughs> brilliant thanks matt appreciate it now wasn't matt absolutely fantastic you know what i'm super grateful for for that conversation because he is he is up early to, to have this conversation with us with the different time zones. Uh, and I just really appreciated his generosity um, in sharing information and giving us just a real simple ideas, you know, and I, I like it when people give a give something that's simple, you know, something that I can go. Well, I can do that. I can integrate that idea with my business, whether it's the video, whether it's the handwritten notes, um, all that sort of stuff. I think I can totally attest to the value of investing in good customer service. So do check out Bonjoro.com and have a look at what those guys are doing there because it is remarkable stuff. Um, Do reach out and connect with Matt uh, because I'm sure he'd love to connect with you. You know what? Like I said at the start of the show, my goal is just to find ways that we can, you know, the the value, the insights, uh, the principles that we can learn from our experts to grow our own e-commerce business. And you've learned something really important today about the value of 
doubling down on your customer service and really investing in increasing the lifetime value of your customer. Super, super cool. So I hope you got some great stuff out of it. Now, if you did, I'm basically going to do what Matt has said and I'm going to ask you, right? Can you please leave us a review on iTunes uh, or on YouTube or Facebook or wherever it is you watch the show? Uh, we'd really appreciate your feedback, appreciate your comments, appreciating you rating the show. It helps us connect and grow uh, and reach out to more people. So please do that. Uh, that is me asking you. Now you just go ahead and do that. Wherever you are right now, just go ahead and do it. Be much appreciated. Uh, really, trust me. Now, as I said uh, during the show, as I said at the start, all of the notes, links and transcripts to today's show are online and you can get them for free. That's our gift to you at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 56. You don't even have to leave an email address. It's not a problem. But if you do leave us an email address, we will let you know when the next shows go out so you can stay connected with everything that's going on. That's, I think, about everything from me. Thanks for listening. Make sure you come back next time. Uh, it's actually going to be in two weeks' time. We're not doing a live uh, broadcast next week. This uh, this is this is me signing off for two weeks. Next week, I'm going to have a bit of time off, uh, some well-earned time off. Uh, so do join us in two weeks' time as I get to chat with some more amazing guests and figure out some more amazing principles uh, of how to grow our own online businesses, people who are fabulous, just like Matt. So uh, that's all from me. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being part uh, of the show. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Have a great day uh, wherever you are. And I wish you uh, tremendous e-commerce success. Bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.